Okay, I'm going to try this one a little bit unscripted, because I sat down to organize my thoughts, and they were coming, but not exactly, so good writer's block trying to have everything be perfect, and it might be because I've been waiting too long, because I've had this idea for probably close to a week, week and a half, not entirely sure. Anyway, it was also requested, so I want to make sure I get it out. Alright, awkward pause. So, why am I even starting or doing sounding board? A lot of it has to do with, well, there's pride. I have thoughts. I want them out there. I want other people to hear them. There's a little bit of my love language is affirmation. Yay, Justin, you're awesome. You're a genius. Well, I know both of those things, but it's still nice to hear. But then there's also audience. Pride aside, I genuinely have a concern that we just don't know scripture. And I'm saying we including myself in that first person, plural, nor do we adequately know how to apply it. I think it's because we've planted a lot of various types of weeds and we get ourselves lost in them regarding things like how to read scripture and application. And my general idea is just take a step back for a second and God will actually make it apparent at the ground level on how scripture can be, is, not just can be, is useful for reproof, training, correction, All those things that Paul tells Timothy. So anyway, I heard a message recently on the theology of technology. Now, I like the the rhyming. And the speaker only had so much time, so he didn't actually get into a theological point. He had a lot of really good advice, things to say regarding technology, all of which was true. But I think, again, I think because of time constraints, he didn't quite get into an interaction between these perspectives regarding uh, modern technology, particularly social media. A lot of times when we say technology, what we really mean is social media, and that's not bad. It's a good way to understand this particular message. Social media is how a lot how human beings interact with technology. Anyway, someone asked me to give my thoughts on the topic. These are not thoughts on the message. These are thoughts on the topic. Anyway. So, yeah. So, what it got me thinking is about technology. Its nature, its purpose, and its consequences. Again, technology, basically social media. Instagram, Snapchat, if you're a boomer like me. Facebook, I'm actually not a boomer. I'm a a child of one. But anyway. Facebook, you're dating yourself. Anybody remember Friendster? Wow. So, sorry, I'm rambling. I just want to get into this. All right, so regarding technology, and what we mean by this is basically the stuff that gets us on our smartphones or our tablets, the things that have all the notifications, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Spotify, whatever. Anyway, what got me thinking is that technology, social media, whatever, has an interesting nature to it. And that nature is Leviathan. So I'm going to try and recreate some of the conversations, the rantings, really, that I had right after I heard this message in real time and people were asking me. And if you take a step back for a second, it's interesting the way that technology corresponds with Leviathan as described in Job chapter 41. So Job has done his ranting and his railing and is not exactly sinful and his friends suck and they don't really know how to comfort or counsel him. And Elihu, the youngest, calls him out and says, Job, you're a tool. All you other guys, y'all are tools. And then God finally chimes in. Job promises silence 
And then God keeps going, challenging Job. And he's basically calling out Job, calling out humanity for a certain amount of pride regarding what man can control and what he can't. And so I love this description of Leviathan, which is this giant sea animal. God says to Job, can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make pleas to you? No, Mr. Job, man. Don't hurt me. Will he speak soft words to you? Plead with you? Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant? Really? Will you play with him as a bird? Or you put him on a leash for your little girls? And I love that. That mental image of two little girls, like seven and five years old, in their Sunday dresses, a cute little tap-looking shoes, holding this giant dragon-looking thing on a leash. And look at the puppy! It's insane! Especially if you think about how serious those two little girls are, that they are walking something that they are convinced they can absolutely control and master. That's nuts. And it's when I thought about that that I realized Thomas Hobbes, English political theorist, named his giant treatise on government, the nature of government, Leviathan. Why? Because Leviathan is this massive beast that the human being ridiculous, ridiculously and hubristically thinks he can control and it absolutely will master him. The only reason those cute little girls aren't dead is because Leviathan has chosen himself to sit still. And the only reason it might seem like it's following their direction is because it just feels like going along. And that is what technology, social media is to an extent its nature it is leviathan it is this massive thing like hobbes would say with government that we create and think that we can control but it grows so large so massive so unwieldy so beast-like that it will actually consume dominate master us and not in any sort of rational way. Like, it doesn't think. Government doesn't think. It just does. It is a force that consumes. So what does that mean? Is all social media bad? Of course not. That's not the conversation I'm having. Don't ask me such a stupid question. This brings us back to 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober-minded, be on the alert, for your enemy the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So if technology, if social media is a viathan, what do we do? Well, you just be sober-minded about the nature of what you're dealing with. Approach it cautiously. Utilize it judiciously. Get out of its way. Question came to mind, how did man actually become master of the sea? Well, he knows the sea. He knows what it is. He knows that it will kill him. He stays off of it in storms. Most of the time, he doesn't live on it. He doesn't enslave himself to it. He understands it. And it's in that sober understanding, that cautious, 
judicious, discerning interaction, which quite oftentimes is actually leaving it the heck alone. That's how man becomes master of the sea. Or at least keeps the sea, is able to use the sea without the sea mastering and dominating and crushing and destroying him. So what does that mean for you and technology? Hold on. The cat is scratching at something. Okay, unpause. So where did I leave off? Okay, it was this idea. So what does that mean for you and technology? Well, I have no idea. I'm not you. I know that I have Facebook. Got rid of it once. Got it back. Never check it. Because it's basically where humanity just vomits stupid. I don't get anything else. I have a buddy who had Facebook. Opened up an Insta. For a particular purpose. It diverged from that purpose. Became an avenue for a couple of pitfalls. So he deleted Insta. He also deleted Facebook. And then got Facebook back. For a very particular purpose. He has no friends. Sad face. Anyway, what does this mean for you? I'm not going to tell you how to manage your technology. How to manage your social media. You know you. So you discern. You be sober-minded. And a lot of that comes down to... Why are you using it? For what purpose did you establish it? Which brings me to technology's purpose. Which, interestingly, takes me to Genesis. And of all places, the Tower of Babel. So, in Genesis chapter 11, man, mankind, here you could argue that the story is a myth, which is narrative told for a particular purpose, the fictitious nature of which is understood by both author and audience, and it's recognized and accepted and okay because the factual content of the events is not necessarily the point. We can elaborate on that later. Don't shoot me. Let's consider the Tower of Babel. Humanity, man, says, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. So man is going to create. Man is going to build Ooh, sounds interestingly a lot like God. Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone. Ooh, man-made stone. We're going to create our own building materials. Sounds a lot like God. So they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. All right, a city. A place for dwelling. But think about it. A city is the man is a world that man creates over which man can be sovereign. And this tower, it's a ziggurat. Go back to freshman ancient history. Kind of a step pyramid thing which functions as a temple, a stairway to heaven by which man can access the divine. And ziggurats, again, were temples. And if I'm mis- hopefully not misunderstanding, if I'm understanding correctly... Temples to particular deities. There's a particular god that they are trying to reach. And this ziggurat, stairway to heaven, is dedicated to the name of not any deity, but man himself. It is so man can reach up to the heavens and place himself there. So that we establish a name for ourselves, as that verse in chapter 11 of Genesis finishes. So think about what a name is. It's an interesting concept. 
Let's see what I wrote down. Oh, turning the page. All right. This idea of establishing a name for ourselves, it's this idea of... <sighs> Sorry. I had this written down. Ah, there it is. This actually also makes me think of it. Sorry, oh, too many awkward pauses. I wish I could back up. I probably could, but that would just take too long. All right, thank you for sticking with me. So, establishing a name for yourself. Name is this concept of power, of glory, of weight, of permanence, of prestige, of immortality. Go back to the ancient Greeks. The idea of having your name established was their way of being immortal, living forever. And so that's actually the question that Achilles was faced with. Achilles was given the option, go to Troy and die, but have your name established. Or live a long earthly life, but ultimately die in obscurity. Because your name will eventually be forgotten. You, your deeds, your power, your goodness, anything about you swept away. Not even that. Just dissipating slowly, unnoticed, like the gases of the atmosphere. So establishing a name is establishing power and permanence. Now, I'd wager that if you're honest with yourself, most people on social media, to an extent, it's exactly what we're doing. Again, we. I realize I'm establishing a podcast. We are putting things out there. Oh, this makes so much more sense in my head. Like, I see this visually, this motive, this, like, core human need to put ourselves in a position to be reckoned with. I To say, I am here and I am not going away. Focus on me. I want to influence you. I want to grab your attention. I want to maintain your attention. I want to sway you. I want to be relevant to you. I want to be discovered by you. At this point, I'm like descending into cliches, too many cliches that are often... Not wrong, but so shallowly used that I'm afraid I'm sounding like any other technology basher out there. And I'm not. I'm not trying to. What I'm trying to get at is that if you honestly examine why it is that you spend so much time on social media, of any sort, creating, even on things like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, creating your content and putting it out there, you are building your ziggurat in the middle of your city. And it will not end well. Because a human being isn't supposed to be established like that. That is not how the human being is meant to be interacted with. He's not supposed to be master. He's not supposed to be lord. Any individual human being... Well, anyway. I think my point's been made. If it hasn't... Shoot me an email. I'll try and explain it a little bit better. Yeah. Stop building your Tower of Babel. 
Stop trying to establish yourself. And I could transition here into, you know, what is man trying to do? Well, he's trying to usurp the place of God. Okay. So what are the consequences of technology? Well, it shows us that man is not capable of being God. Here's what I mean by that. So the speaker at this message mentioned how he challenged his daughter to completely turn off her smartphone for six minutes a day, which meant no notifications from any of her social media platforms from any of the people that she knew. And after a while, he asked her, how's it going? And she said something to the effect of how it was the best six minutes of her day. Because it was, she could just be her. Her life could slow down. She didn't constantly feel the need to read, respond to so much, to take in so much, to absorb so much, to interact with so many people at so quick a speed. The human being isn't omnipresent for a reason. The human being isn't omniscient for a reason. That's exhausting and depleting and ultimately prevents us from actually living the kind of life that the human being is designed to live, which is much slower, much more intimate with selective numbers of people, not so quick responsive to absolutely every stimulus. What's better yet is people, they don't need you to respond right away. Not the way that we need God to. They don't need you to pay attention to them. Not the way that we want God to. If they do need you to pay attention to them like that, that's a problem on their end. Don't feed it. Alright, I guess that's all I really had to say on that. So we tried the sunscripted. It was a little bit rambly, which I usually don't like. It's what I judge pastors for. To the ones who wanted me to share my thoughts, I hope I did that to your satisfaction. Let's recap. Technology's nature. Leviathan. We think we can control it. We can't. It dominates us in a mindless, powerful way. It consumes us. And if we're honest with ourselves... We spend so much time and effort on technological pursuits, social media, content production, whatever, in general, because we're trying to establish our own name. What do I mean by that? Our own permanence, our own relevance that will not die. It's our quest for meaningful immortality. It's also partly why we're willing to degrade ourselves so much regarding the content that we produce or the things we say. Which leads us to the way we interact with each other, the rapidity of it. We're not God. We can't handle that. We're not supposed to handle that. So just turn it off. And live in this world. Slower. The way the human being is actually designed to function. Alright. That's it. I hope that made sense. I trust that made sense. It's like rambling frustrated you. Sorry. Don't stop listening. All right, bye.